of Money March. I hope you guys got all those gems that we received from the guys of Earn Your Leisure last week. This week, we have an amazing guest, and I'm so excited to share her with you. Her name is Linda Garcia. She's a wealth man. She's a wealth generator, intuitive, and just overall bomb-ass mom, just making shit happen and teaching people of color how to manage their wealth and change their relationship with money. It really was all about alignment. We reached out to Linda on the internet the same day we got this interview, and it couldn't have come at a better time. So on this episode, you are going to be learning how to change your relationship with money, learn how to speak spiritually align yourself in order to receive wealth and break generational curses for your children. So this episode was so good. And after we ended the episode, Linda and me and Mila, we continued to talk. And man, I so happy that we were able to record it. We put it on Patreon for our tribe and we really got into so much more deeper shit, even when it comes to finance, when it comes to Linda's personal story and just talking about the beauty of women. I don't know if y'all ever heard of a red tent from back in the day, but Linda breaks down what a red tent was and why our periods are really such amazing times for us to manifest. So you know we are some manifesting bitches. So Linda really breaks down why your period is such a crucial time to manifest and so much more on that Patreon episode. So make sure you go um, subscribe to our Patreon. That's patreon.com backslash goodmomsbadchoices to hear the part two of this episode. Enjoy. Welcome back to Good Moms, Bad Choices. I'm Erica. And I'm Mila. And it's Wednesday. Happy hump day, everyone. And it's still Money March. It's still Money March. I hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode with Earn Your Leisure. I hope you guys took your notes. I hope you guys joined their university. We we joined their university, and there's so many amazing resources, tools, everything over there. We want everyone to be rich. I want to be rich. I need to learn more about finances. So I'm just I'm just really grateful that we've decided to, to take the time in March to focus on this because I think it's something that we've both been avoiding. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Definitely avoiding the financial uh, responsibilities and the financial learning. Um, I'm... I feel like this is a big year for everyone. I feel like we're all about to get our bag. Uh, You know I'm trying to get on this yacht topless. So I think this is the perfect time to educate ourselves and be better. You know, we can't grow if we don't grow in all areas. So I'm, I'm really excited to learn even more this month. Um, so let's get into it. Okay, so let's start by pulling a card. Erica on the shuffle. Yeah, because Jamila, Mila, she's got to, you got to, you got to practice your shuffle. I'm working on it. I saw, I want, like, if you're on Patreon and you're looking at, at this video right now, I want to show you quickly how Jamila shuffles cards. Beautiful. It It is like that. That's pretty accurate, actually. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Shuffling, bitch. That's not a shuffle. That is, that's forceful. You're putting bad energy in the cards. Okay, don't say that. Okay, okay, um, so here we go. This card is scary as fuck. It just looks scary. Relax. Okay, well, 
here you guys, if you guys are watching, this is the card. It's the ten it's the Ten of Swords. There's a man lying down on his back. It appears to be in a red robe. He has ten swords stabbed in the back of his back. He appears to be dead. But behind him <laughs> Dead as fuck. Dead as fuck. But behind him, <laughs> um, if you look past his dead body, <laughs> behind him there's a calm sea in the background that also brings solace, suggesting that even in times of darkness, there is a sense of peace and calm to be found. Hmm. Um this this card looks very daunting. However, what it means is the Ten of Swords marks a painful yet inevitable ending. For example, a relationship may come up in an abrupt end, your job may be cut, or a contract is broken. It is as if this ending has come out of the blue and rocked your world. You could have never expected it, but now it has happened, cutting the core and leaving you feeling as if the world has crumbled in around you. You are grieving the pain of this shocking loss and wonder if you will ever love or find work or trust again. When the Ten of Swords appears in a tarot reading, you may be the victim of another person's betrayal or deceit. You feel as if you have been stabbed in the back and are reeling from someone else's actions. Your partner may have cheated on you, a colleague may spread nasty rumors about you, or a family member um, has betrayed your trust. The pain inflicted runs deep not because of what has been done as is hurtful, but because you know deep down that this marks the end of your relationship as you know it with them. Along with feeling the pain, you may grieve the loss of the relationship. The Ten of Swords can suggest that you are taking on the victim role, hoping others will pity you and save you from despair. You cannot change the actions of another person, but you can change how you respond. Um, and that way, the Ten of Swords is about letting go and accepting your current circumstances. You no longer resist change, but allow it to happen, even if it causes initial pain and hurt to you. You recognize that there must be a change to facilitate renewal, and you allow it to occur rather than fighting it. The good news is that the Ten of Swords marks the final ordeal. No more pain will come to you from that source. Woo! Mm. Amen. Amen. The hour is darkest before dawn, and you must experience the full impact of what has happened before you can move forward and start over. Is it going to be easy? No. But will this ordeal, ordeal last forever? No. Mm, okay. Mm. Okay. That's beautiful in some Ooh. ways. Just like I said before we started... Is changes are coming, ladies and gentlemen, and um, financial change. Amen. Financial change. Let's and and with that said, I'd like to introduce today's guest. I'm really excited. Um, I I reached out via social media and was like, like literally less than 24 hours ago. Yeah, and I was like, does anybody know like someone a mom a mama who is like who's teaching financial literacy, but even more so than that is just like all of, you know, us, we're all about like manifesting alignment. And I think for me, especially, I think the two are important to be made. Like they need to be married, especially in my life. I agree. And I didn't, and honestly, um, she had been telling me this all week. We need someone who's intuitive and is also in finances. And I'll be honest. I was like, I don't know if we're going to find that. <laughs> I was literally like on the internet, like Googling wellness and wealth <laughs> and nothing was coming up. And like, but this is the power of motherfucking manifestation. You put out, you speak what you want, and you get that shit. And we did. So with that being said, I want to introduce you guys to Linda Garcia. She is the CEO of The Chosen 100, wealth generator, mama, investor. And intuitive. Yes. So welcome, Linda, to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's truly an honor to be here. Just yesterday, I was talking about an experience that I wanted to have and I am having it right now. So I feel like I manifested you all. Uh, so it's like mutual, you know? That's when it's explosive. 
So what do you think about our, our tarot card pool, the Ten of Swords? Do you have any input? I do. I think it's a really powerful card for so many reasons. The reason that stood out the most to me was how it talked about being in victimhood. And a lot of the times coming from a scarcity mindset, a person of color, we are constantly in victimhood when it comes to money. And so shifting your money mentality and really being able to generate wealth requires for us to let go of that victimhood mentality. But how do we do that if we were born into a system that literally taught us to constantly be in victim mentality, most especially when it comes to money? So I feel like the whole uh, part about letting go new chapter, someone has betrayed you. As you start to move closer to your finances and generating wealth, you're going to be able to identify that you betray yourself constantly with these limiting beliefs that we perpetuate. So to me, the card is perfect and it's very truthful, matter of fact, in the way we should be looking at money, but also incorporating our own personal shadows and where we are in this moment in time, most especially spiritually. I love that because I think when, when you pull a card like that, your mind starts to go to other people. Like, who's going to betray me? Who's doing this? And we barely look within ourselves and say, oh, it's me. <laughs> it could be yeah. me. Um, and yeah. I know for me, like, I definitely, I haven't had a great relationship with money. I've definitely talked shit about money. I've definitely, like, you know, always been like, not always, but a lot of times I'm like, I'm broke or I can't afford that or I can't do that or like, I wish... I wish I had more money. I wish this. I wish that. And instead of like, and, and it's so funny because I, I speak so positively in so many other areas of my life and, and, and I've seen the fruits of my manifestations, but with money, it's something that like, it's a bad habit of mine. Like I don't even realize I'm doing it a lot. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely, uh, I completely feel the same way. I've noticed that most recently, like in the last year, just um, like you said, functioning from a place of scarcity and lack, like even on a day to day, I think I've said this before, but even like leftovers, like I hate to, I hate to waste food. Um, like I hate to waste anything. And then I end up wasting it anyway, like three days later, but I just lugged it to my house. But it's just about, um, it's just about holding on tight to things that you don't and like, not just food, obviously I'm not hungry, but <laughs> like just, just holding on to things and being afraid that it won't come. Even when you look at things that you want apartments, when I was looking at apartments, I'm like, Oh, that looks expensive. Well, who gives a fuck if you're going to have the money, you know, there's just all these, um, the, our relationship with money is deeply, deeply related to our parents' relationship with money, how we saw them do it. And like, especially as people of color, just I think the, the mind shift is the first step. So I'm so, so, so excited to be talking to you and like hearing your your journey in it. Um, oh, what is our affirmation of the day? Yeah, before we get into it, I would love for you to share an affirmation with our listeners that maybe we, they can carry this week. Absolutely. The affirmation for this week is I am an unlimited supply. I am an unlimited supply. I like yes. that. I love that. I love that. Okay, cool. Well, Linda, can you tell, so tell us a little bit about you. I know you're a mom. I know you're, you were a teen mom. So can you tell us like kind of your journey into finance, into motherhood and how you've arrived where you are now? Absolutely. So very similar to you, uh, I was able to manifest in every single area of my life but when it came to money, I would always fall flat on my face. So when I was younger, I grew in, uh, I'm a daughter of immigrants, a uh, very hardcore Catholic family. I fought up against Catholicism and all of the ideas. I was always constantly 
fighting against ideas in our household. Like I would believe that the that God was in the trees and in the creek and I did everything I could to push up against my parents. Um, I did I was in gangs. I ended up pregnant when I was 14 years old and I managed to get through high school senior class vice president, president of the drill team. I went on to college. I went on to uh, work for Hollywood. I worked in major movie production studios there. I worked for Netflix at one point in my life, which was a big break for me. So I was generating all of these amazing experiences despite my personal circumstances. But again, whether I came in contact to, with money or didn't, I like if I did, I had the power to make it disappear. And if I didn't, it's because I couldn't attract it. So I had been on a soul searching journey this entire time ever since I was little and I was trying to marry the two I couldn't find any teachers that would marry the spiritual side and the monetary side because like you I also hated money I felt that money was evil I was like why do we have to live under this construct where we're dependent on money how much money all of the things and I started to make peace with money I first identified that I was in victimhood all the time when it came to money. And I started to really ask questions like unlimited supply, that mantra, that affirmation is about tapping into our higher conscious and understanding that we are able to generate anything we want to generate by just tapping into the question of how, not asking why, not where, but really asking how, how can I achieve this? This apartment that looks expensive, how can I live here? Instead of this doesn't belong to me, it's for someone else. And so in asking the question how, I started to find a lot of power. My biggest question was how, uh, sorry, that sidetracked me. <laughs> uh, my biggest question was how am I going to um, make like resolve this toxic relationship I have with money. And in asking that question, my intuition said, what's, what is your problem with money? I said that money it, to me and wealth is tied to greed. That is my major problem with money. So my intuition's response was very clear. It said, greed is something that belongs to everyone. It is not someone that something that belongs to a scarcity mindset. It is something that belongs to every single human on this earth. It is equivalent to the emotion of jealousy. Just because someone is in a relationship or in a partnership, it does not mean that they can't feel jealousy. You can feel jealousy from a friend, from a cousin. You can even feel jealousy from your siblings. And so in that way, I had to identify that greed also belongs to us. And I had to make peace with this desire that I felt was contradicting of being spiritual, but also wanting, wanting to be wealthy and feel uh, generational abundance. Um, so that's kind of how the, the story evolved. I'm not a finance person. I've, I'm terrible at math. I'm just someone that was super spiritual, trying to find you know, the essence of who I'm supposed to be, but wanting to be rich at the same time. <laughs> right. Well, I'm so I'm glad you said that because I'm not good at math. And I think that's part of the thing that also has like just de deterred me from like I've, I've felt intimidated by like having to tackle 
basically be an adult. <laughs> be an adult about finances. And like I'm in my 30s now. I have a child. My friends are my friends without kids are starting to invest and talk talk in a language that I'm still unfamiliar with and I'm starting to feel like okay, I know that I can like I'm smart. Come on. Like stop excluding yourself from the conversation. Stop thinking because you're not good at money that you can't you know, you, you'll never be able to understand how to invest in stocks or set your kid up with a, you know, a four or, or, or figure out your 401k. I want to do better. I want to do better. I want my daughter to do better than I than I have. I don't want her to arrive at 33 years old, not understanding things that are that are basic, you know, that are basic and are not intimidating. Right. I, yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm just grateful that we've embarked on the um the like the lifestyle of manifesting in other areas of our lives because i think without that like i think we were we were manifesting money and it's coming and it's coming and we're seeing that manifest and then we're like fuck we're gonna get a lot of money then like what do we do with it <laughs> you know so it's like now we're in this place like oh i know i can have I, I know i can i can summons anything that i want but then it's like now that i've summons these things that i want then how do I deal with the responsibility of keeping them? And I think that's also something I, I've dealt with is the fear of like once you have something, the fear of losing it and also like not being a part of conversations. I've grown up with pe like friends that I've like that are generally like their parents are financially well off and they've been kind of set up in a way where there are things that, you know, they're buying houses very early. Um, they're getting businesses before I did. And even when I did, you know, I'm an esthetician and I had my own business. There were so many things I didn't know. I'm like, like winging it but like in hearing them have conversations about like buying houses how they're going to redo their house them you know taking you know taking out money on their house and I wasn't a part of those conversations it wasn't jealousy but it was almost like I didn't like I had blindfolds on and like earmuffs to those conversations because I'm like fuck the same like I'm nowhere near that I'm annoyed with myself but also where do I start it's overwhelming fuck avoid the avoid avoid fuck avoid. the whole conversation <laughs> Fuck them for being for being like their parents setting them up and mine not. You know, I don't know. And I'm not going to deal with it until I get a secretary who'll deal with it for me. <laughs> so um, it, it, it is so nice to talk to someone who has like um, a similar experience and is being as, as successful as you are as a mom, um, especially as a mom who started so early. Like this is I'm so happy we manifested this. <laughs> Thank you. So one of the things I do want to talk about is that we have coveted owning a home so much and it is the biggest liability that anyone could have. The first home, I mean, unless it's being, you know, uh, paid for by, by wealth that has been generated in our family. But typically speaking for normal folks, your first home is the biggest liability. That's the first thing to understand. The beauty about understanding where to invest your money, for me personally, where I started investing, what led me down the road was I started in 2012, late 2012, early 13. I took $200 a month consistently and I bought into stock, uh, Netflix stock, $200 consistent, consistently. I had to move through the idea that the stock market wasn't for me. And I deployed a total of seven, a little over $7,000 into the stock market with the intention that one day this money was going to buy me a home. The so then, about, so, but I don't mean to interrupt you. So sure. you, so then you, so eventually after investing $200 monthly, it added up to $7,000 in stock in Netflix. 
Yes, correct. So okay. let me just clarify. It was 200 a month. I started to see the growth, the benefit of investing in the stock. And after the first year of doing 200 consistently every month, I decided to double down and I went 400 a month. So by mm. the end of that, it added up until a little over, uh, you know, $7,000. I then, you know, spiraled out of the, the place where I start to spiral, where I don't deserve this, I started falling on my face. I, I lost my <coughs> job. Uh, my partner lost his job. Two weeks later, two weeks later after that, we found out that we're with child. <laughs> One of the things I never, ever did was tap into that money, ever. I never touched that money. The biggest reason I didn't was because I was scared that if I tapped into it, I would make it disappear. And I thought to myself, I'm going to resort back to my, my higher conscious, my spirit. How am I going to make it? Show me how I'm going to make it. How am I going to generate money? So then other opportunities for me to generate money came. I never had to touch that money. So I left it in there. I started to educate myself with time so that I could be prepared to receive this money and know exactly what to do. I witnessed those $7,000 turn into over $400,000. This is, uh, I did the, the, the math on this back in the summer of COVID, but I made a little over, I made $130,000 $30,000 in the stock market during 2020 during the pandemic. So I'm well above the $400,000. I'm closer to 500,000 uh, 500, plus that I've made off of those $7,000. Wow. So when we it's it's so when we saw the pandemic hit and the crisis, the disparity amongst people of color, I decided that it was time for me to amplify this voice of what I was learning, what I was understanding so that the next time there's a crisis like this, our people, our community, they're prepared. There's a moat around us and we understand how money works. I was so livid at this entire notion that you can turn $7,000 into 500,000 and growing. And how come we aren't taught this? Why don't we know this? And obviously it's because we are part of the system and we are essentially an asset for the government. And so of course, we're not gonna be taught these things because then they lose an asset if we become savvy with money. Right. So throughout the years of you, you know, did you continue to invest in Netflix? Like, do you still continue to invest or was there a time that you stopped and then it just continued to grow, grow? Did you see it dip? Like, how do you, and like, and how did you navigate that, that space? Did you, like, without feeling fearful, like, oh shit, my money is disappearing. Do I pull out? Like, how did you navigate that space? Absolutely. So I remember I, after I left Netflix, I stopped investing. I just let that money grow into Netflix. So I never poured more than that in. I let it grow. And the way I tolerated any drops in the market was I started to shift my understanding of from what is to what will be. One of the beautiful things I learned when working at Netflix and in the technology sector is that everything isn't about right now. It's about what's going to happen 20 years from now. That's the way our CEO was thinking. And he taught me by osmosis, by as being a leader to think the same thing. So in my head, I was thinking Netflix is going to be worth so much more in the future. I had barely started working with them when they started to turn into a studio. 
studio. So they were barely releasing production and dumping money into becoming what it is today. So I knew that today would come and I needed to leave it there. And in the meantime, I had to learn about money so that when I pulled it out, I would know what to do with it. So when the pandemic came, we saw a really big crash on March 23rd was the, the biggest drop we saw in the market. I was already prepared to pull out $100,000 from my Netflix investment and use those $100,000 in pure gains. I didn't work for that money. That money worked for itself. And be prepared to put it back in the market when those drops were coming. There's one thing we understand about the market and the economy. Every time there is a crisis, every time there is a crash, millionaires will be born. I understood this and I was prepared to become a millionaire during this time. I was determined. And I was determined to tell everyone I knew, my friends, my family, and anybody that would listen, that they too can take advantage of this opportunity, no matter where they are in life, how much money they have. They just need to get started. So pulling out, so if you were prepared to pull out $100,000 and you were going to put it back into the market, so that means investing in other in other companies then, right? Other companies Correct. that are on the rise. <clears throat> do you see yourself, is that money? I mean, I know I, I, whenever I do talk to people that do do investments, it's like a game for them. Like it becomes fun. It's almost like, you know, like researching like the next new thing that's on the rise and things like that. But I often wonder, like, at what point do you pull out all the way and use that money towards something in your life? Like, or do you just keep it there forever? You just kind of see how it goes and then, like, you use it to retire or, like, what is for you, like, what is your what is your goal with that money? Absolutely. So the exit plan for you to exit, you have to have an exit plan. It can be for multiple reasons, whatever it may be for you. For me, I had two exit plan reasons. One was to buy a house and one was for a better opportunity, an investment somewhere else that was going to continue growing. Right. Mm -hmm. So I did pull out money to then um, purchase my house. Again, it's such a coveted experience to purchase a house. I'm 40 years old. So, I mean, I'm on the older side to, to getting to purchase the house, you know, but I did it. And one of the beauties that uh, the, the stock market offered me was to not have complete dependency on a bank to loan me the money. Mm. So, so in 2019, I, my business only made $15,000. In 2020, I made $262,000. And I haven't shared this publicly, but in 2021, I'm on track to make a million dollars. So... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and is that is that your that's your that's your actual personal business or is this in in investments? That's just going to be my actual personal business. Wow. I know that's right, baby. That's amazing. <laughs> yes. So uh, so you, there is reasons why you want to extract money out of the market. So because I only made $15,000, I was on the mercy of a bank to let me borrow money for a home. They lent me a loan that was extremely uh, low and wasn't going to allow me to get the home that I desired in in a in a in a neighborhood that I felt safe. So uh, I went ahead and deployed the additional money out of the market to use as the payment towards the house. That's not always the best idea because you want to use your loans as leverage, but it's nice to have the freedom to not be dependent on the, the bank to loan me the money. So I had the freedom to say, no, I have the money. And if I want to in the future, I can refinance, pull that money out of the house. But to answer your question, an exit plan for you and an investment should be be something
something that is obviously going to generate more abundance in your life. And that can be abundance in the form of a home, um, you know, in the form of whatever it is you desire. I think once you start to invest, you begin developing a completely different relationship with money, which is why I love the stock market so much. Um, and that's crucial in allowing you to see how money works. Plus you have, you all have the manifesting side down, like all of those areas in your life is they're down. So if you really want to generate more money, you're not going to look to seek it for the stock market to pull it out in cash. You're going to want to seek it through opportunities and experiences that you are going to manifest because you already understand the power of your higher conscious. It's just understanding that your higher conscious also has the power to uh, generate and heal that relationship that you have with money. Hmm. What are some of the ways, like, what are some of the daily practices that you've began or you've implemented in your life that you feel like have really helped you, like, develop a better relationship with finances within, with money? Like, you know, everybody does little things. Like, I, I always say, I, I can't currently, because I'm a witch, I'm always catching, like, triple digits or quadruple tri digits on the clock or in my life, and those for me are just an opportunity to remember to um, send a signal to the universe to manifest certain things. So sometimes me and Erica will do things as a couple. <laughs> We're not a real couple, but you know what I mean? A business <laughs> wife and, and we'll be like, okay, this week, this month, all month long, manifest hard on this particular outcome. And then it comes, you know? So like even because we've begun Money March, I've recently shifted my manifest because the last thing we, we've decided to do, we got, you know? And so now I'm, I've shifted it to saying like, help me, you know, align myself with, with not having any financial fear, being more financially, um, even I've been picturing my daughter in an in, in Irie's private school uniform <laughs> like to the sp most specific shit and I know like for some people that's like every time I'm with my friends I'm like it's 11 11 make a wish and they're like okay girl I'm like all right you could pass it up if you want to <laughs> you know I'm, I'm reminding myself like 10 times 20 times a day to just like visualize the shit that I want but like that's a personal practice for me that I you can apply in any area of your life but what are some things that helps you change your perspective and relationship with money I love this question. So one of my absolute favorite practices to do that I'm constantly doing is every time I take a step when I'm walking, I always imagine that when my foot hits the ground, I'm actually walking on money. So every time it's like a button, like a button I'm pushing, like, oh, now that I took this step, I generated this. I literally see stacks of dollar bills that I'm walking on. Mm. And um, it really helps me because I'm constantly thinking like, yes, I love money. I walk on money. I am money. And mm. recently that experience, I did that for an entire year, which was the year of 2020. And then recently I started to feel uh now money just surrounds me so i kind of envision that as i'm walking it's not just my steps it's every move that i make moving my hand you know across anything i can just see the dollar bills like all around me amazing. <laughs> uh, that amazing. i generate them with my movement Oh my god! I feel like we like this is where you we cue in cash rules everything around, around me. me. <laughs> <laughs> drop the, drop the song. Dollar oh, dollar bill, y'all. <laughs> As you're saying this, get I'm thinking about like get the money. I'm thinking about like going now that I'm, I'm gonna start going upstairs. Thinking about like the stock, my stock market's rising. Mm -hmm. Like yes, and even when you like you manifest. I was talking about someone with someone about this recently. Like when you meditate, you all you often do it with your hands, hands up open. to receive. You know, and mm -hmm. now I can like physically think about receiving finances and like my hands becoming heavy in that way like 
So that's I'm so happy that you have daily practices that seem for some people sometimes seem so small, but I know that those are the type of things that really make a big difference. Yeah. Um, what are some of the like when like for people that have no idea where to start with stocks, like what are some basic like applications on your phone that you can download? Like what are some like just basic companies that you should just be investing in because it's kind of like a sure thing that they're going to grow slowly or maybe there's some new ones out right now. There's new companies that we need to be investing in right now. Is there something that we can be investing in our with our kids in? Like, right, because you only started investing because in 2013, right? Because, because, because you got the job with Netflix, right? And exactly. So that, that was your initiation into stock markets and like where you kind of like – dwindled away your fear because you were working at that company and then you saw the like the benefits of your investments but for someone who's maybe not working at a company like that because I remember I worked at Whole Foods as like a teenager and they give you stocks in the beginning who knows where the fuck those went now you know because I wasn't educated or no one told me you know even if you don't work there keep that mm-hmm. where are those shits yeah. anyway <laughs> you know what I mean it's just like how for for someone like us for instance where 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 do we start where would you where do you think is a good place to start in something like stocks sure so I mean what I like to say is don't invest in anything you don't understand that's a pretty standard rule across the board so you want to invest in something that's in your closet on your desk in your pocket on your feet on your body, you want to start really simple. It's a product you understand, it's a product you use, and a lot of the research is already done because you consume it. You are a consumer of the product. I do, I'm gonna have to do a shameless plug right now. I do have a beginner stock market course called Wealth Rules Everything Around Me, inspired Yay! by. Why? <laughs> we knew it. How did we know? <laughs> we knew. Yeah, so I go into a nine-hour, almost 10-hour course, two-day course. It's a live course. You get to ask me questions in real time, live. I start with the very basic because I could tell you how to open an account, what to look for, what to do. But if you aren't understanding the emotions that are tied to money from a scarcity mentality, it's not going to help. We'll You'll self-sabotage yourself. So it's really important for me personally personally in my teachings to integrate the scarcity, the emotional side, the money mindset side, and transition that through the whole course. So I teach basics. It gets your court, your brokerage open, um, understanding how to stock pick all the way to the emotional side. Um, so yeah, I offer that course monthly. Right now we have some open slots at the end of March, but I really feel like that's a truly a great tool. It came to me from spirit. I created the course from the ground up and um, I feel like that's the, that's the answer. Sign me up, baby. Yeah, for real. Because you know what? Even having this conversation with you and like even though I didn't think that you existed and I'm on the internet searching wellness and um, wealth. I'm realizing in this conversation from someone who does have so much anxiety around finances and money, you talking to it, talking to me in this. You don't anymore. I don't. Mm -hmm. It's making me feel so much more comfortable approaching the situation and like, I want to sign up for this class because I know what she's talking about, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm just so happy that you created this platform and you're a woman of color and that you're speaking a lot to us because this is something that we don't really get we don't really get you know and so I just think it's really special and I'm, I'm so happy I can't wait to sign my ass up <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank no. you I, I look forward to having you all in the course I think you will truly enjoy it and you'll appreciate the spirit side of it 
and as moms, you know, like as a parent, especially as a single parent, um, I did you guys hear I, that? Sorry, that's the stock market. It just closed. <laughs> oh shit! No, I didn't. Oh, look at that. Oh, hey, it's one on the one on the dot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so it closes Monday, Tuesday. It closes at four in in on the East Coast. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's a sign from God. We're about to get into this shit. <laughs> right. It's like, and here you go. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? As a, as, as oh, a parent. as a parent, yeah. Like, we talk about this all the time. Like, you know, over here grinding and hustling and, you know, putting so much into our, 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 our purpose and what we feel like is our purpose here. And it's just like we are very um, – there's fear as a mom, especially as a single parent. Like, if something happens to me today – Do with, I have anything to leave my do kid? I, do I have anything to leave with my kid? And, you know, and as a single mom also, I feel like I have to really rely solely on my sole income and my – like, how I am related to money directly relates to my child and her wellness. And it, it is a scary thought, so scary and overwhelming that you may not be doing the right things. Like, I know for, for – a lot of people, me included, a lot of times, you know, I'm living paycheck to paycheck, just like, you know, and that there's fear in just that, you know, when shit hits the fan, what the fuck am I going to do with this, with this pan panorama, you know, <laughs> there's just so much, there was, I was having so much fucking anxiety, like, A, do I have enough gas to run? Do I, can I carry my child long distances? Do I have enough water? Do I have enough, do I have gold? I don't have any gold. <laughs> <laughs> but I but I think it's really ref- it's really nice to hear that you started off with just two hundred dollars, you know, like, I, and I know like there's some people that are like I don't even have two hundred dollars, you know, like what I have fifty, you know, and it's like okay, well then let's do that, let's do that then, you know, and it's like you don't have to. I feel like I think for me, I always associated investing in stocks like I must have at least a thousand to contribute or like. 2,000, 5,000 for it to make sense for me to see any sort of benefit in it. And that, I don't even know where I got that idea from. It's like I made it up in my head. Maybe I saw like a movie or some shit. Like I have no clue where I got that, that concept from or like, or like media has made me fear it to keep me away from it, you know? But but there are ways to, um, like there are brokers that will take your money plus a bunch of 10 other people and put it to one stock. You don't have to buy a full stock. Like I did this a long a year ago, actually at one drunken night. <laughs> um, one of my friends, my older friend told me to get an acorn account. Have you heard of that? Yeah, I have. I have. And I think since over a little bit over a year, I've been, I think putting <laughs> five to $10 in an acorn account, you know, which they then in turn invest that five to $10 a month into what they think are the like trending stocks at the time. I should probably check that at some point, but I figured it's best if I forget about it, you know, but um, I think that's a big misconception that a lot of people have. It's a huge mis- misconception. I think it's one that was planted purposefully. I, I do think it's one that has kept us in the system. It's really just a, a all all that misconception is telling us is we don't belong and that's so far from the truth like just to give you an example there was a stock that i invested in um back in march that was only two dollars the one share of this stock was only two a little over two dollars and right now that same share is worth 
somewhere around $49 is what it's currently trading at. So there's penny stocks. There's all kinds of stocks that range from different prices. And so I don't want anyone to think like all I have is $25 to contribute. I can't contribute. Yes, you can. And what's more importantly is that you start because that is going to start to shift your relationship with money. And you're going to start to look at money for its uh, potential value, not for its base value. So that's what's wrong with our, our mindset for a lot of us is that we look at money like I have these 20 bucks, that's all I have. But what we need to understand is how money works and how much of a potential that those 20 bucks has to turn into in the future. And the easiest way to generate growth off of those $20, in my opinion, is through the stock market. You don't need good credit to open your brokerage account. You don't need a down payment. You don't need all the prerequisites that you need from owning a home. And so it's an instant act asset that is accessible to us, but we don't know that it's accessible to us. What is a brokerage account? Yeah, so a brokerage account is what you need to start investing into the stock market. Um, Some of the most popular brokerage accounts that we know that is because it's marketed to us, and I don't feel it's a coincidence, is Robinhood. I don't uh, like Robinhood. For four years, I've been telling everyone do not use Robinhood for many reasons. Part of the reason is I feel that folks without financial literacy are being targeted by Robinhood. So oh my God, I have, of- I have Robinhood. Oh, my God. Thank God I've invested <laughs> shit. I've done shit with it, but good to know. Deleting today. <laughs> Okay. Well, don't keep it because they gave you a free stock when you opened your account. So just let that stock ride. But definitely start looking into much more reputable brokerage accounts that have established reputations that you can call someone on the phone to get your money or to deal with your money. Because that's one of the things about um, Robinhood. You can't you can't call anyone to access your money. So they constantly have problems and you're not able to get a hold of anyone. So as long as it's a rope, reputable brokerage account, that's what you're going to need to uh, start investing in the market. Don't overcomplicate it. I just want you to kind of look at it as which like one, a bank which brokerage, which brokerage account do you have? I have E-Trade and I, yeah, I have E-Trade for my, my biggest portfolio. I also use Ameritrade, but my favorite one is E-Trade. I've just been using them since I started and it's the devil I know, I guess. Why is it the devil? Well, I don't mean it like that. You know, there's a saying like the devil you know, the devil you don't know. And so it's just... Oh, (laughs) got it, got it. Um, I think think it's... um, I'm so happy that you, like, touched on that. Like, the system isn't made for us to know. They would benefit from us not knowing. In fact, like, even you saying that, literally, I I can hear myself saying on more than one occasion in a conversation, I don't get stocks, I don't get it, can't invest in some shit I don't get. And like how like um, detrimental that has been to my relationship with with investing and with getting into this game. And like I'm so happy to talk to you. But also I feel like 2020 is was a year that people are waking the fuck up. P- our people. Well, they're, they're, yeah, they're we're taking a- back. We're taking control of like. Wait, hold on. What's going on? What did what did what did I 
more time? What does this mean? There's, there's more time to look into shit and be like, oh, that's it? There's an enlightenment taking place. Yeah. There's a shift in energy. There's an energetic shift. There's an awakening. And not only that, you're, a lot of people are laid off. A lot of people are like, like you have to tap into your creative. You have to tap into your personal passions um, because we can't rely on this system anymore because it does not serve us. And I think we all are feeling this way. And I'm just so happy we have a platform to have these conversations and that spirit spoke to you and said, this is what you need to be doing because it absolutely is, you know, and that's yeah. why it's, you know, yeah. So one of, absolutely. I just want to piggyback off of your statement. Yes. 2020 was extremely powerful. And a, a way that we can tap into this power is by looking at what companies did during the Black Lives Matter power movement in 2020. We can see who stepped up, what companies stepped up and uh, started to acknowledge what was taking place and admitting to their lack of response in past years. And so as we become investors, we need to understand that it's not just purchasing a stock and potentially making money. It's actually a little piece of power into that company. Once you own over $2,000 in a company, by law, they have to answer to any questions or concerns that you might have. So just imagine if all of us started investing in the stock market, obviously in companies that align with us and companies that are listening to the changes that we're demanding. But if they do anything that we do not like, we, ha we have the power to hold them accountable. accountable. So imagine wow. no like all of us coming together the changes that can begin to happen from this end like from the financial sector wow i had no <coughs> idea that's powerful so how do you how have you as a as a parent you know taught your your daughter about financial literacy was this something that more so happened later on in life because you know of your experience <coughs> you know starting to invest um did she maybe even adopt some of your previous notions about money because you know you you were coming from a place of like money is the root of all evil and like in a lot of ways i feel that way too and i i don't know if i've bestowed that upon my daughter i often tell her like that like money doesn't mean you're rich because she's in this new phase right now where she's like Am I, are we rich? Am I rich? Is this rich? Is who, is she rich? Like I'm rich. She like, I has she has money. She, she'll ask me that. And like, she's been asking me how much things cost lately. Like she, we, we just came back from a trip to, we went to Colorado and she was like, how much did the house cost? She asked you that? Mm -hmm. You have such wow. an adult she was, child. She was, she's five by the way. So she was like, how much did the house cost? Like $122. <laughs> I was like, no, baby. And she's like, do you have $122? And I know there's been times where I've said, like, I don't have the money, babe. I can't get that. Or, like, one day we're going to move. We're going to move. Like, I can't wait to move. And maybe, like, I'm saying it in a, in, a, in a space of, like, I'm manifesting it. But maybe it also sounds like we can't move. And she's like, I really want us to move. I hope we can move. And it's kind of like, because she was questioning me, like, do you do you have the money? And she, when I told her I do, she was like, you do? <laughs> And I was like, do you think I'm broke? <laughs> my, my baby thinks I'm broke. I was like, babe. And so I'm just interested to know how, like, what has been your journey in motherhood um, with, with money? Because uh, we are always, we, we've recently, like, talked about, because um, as partners, as best friends, we've seen, like, very little to very big, big things manifest together when we put our both put our energy towards it and how, like, sometimes it will trip us out. Like, we're like, what the fuck? 
We are witches. <laughs> so we've been like slowly like giving that to our ch- our children and like w- like embarking on the journey of how do we include them in this because their minds are so pure and so like so d- d- rooted and like directed to spirit directly, you know. So the other day I heard them talking in Colorado and they're like someone was talking about moving somewhere that they, they just moved like maybe Nisha and they're like oh um, we're moving to the beach yeah we are we're moving to the beach she's like no for real I was like no she's like right mom I was like yeah we are she's like me and Luna I was like yeah and it made me think about that conversation we had at the beach and we were walking down um, down the beach and there's some houses off in like in Malibu and there's these two teenage girls standing up there and Erica looked over at me and said Those are gonna be, that's gonna be Luna and Irie like we're gonna go meet, we're going to our mom's beach house <laughs> <laughs> and then they had this conversation and I'm just thinking how powerful is that and like you being I didn't even make that connection wow so well versed in this space and having da- you know a daughter how do you, who how have you um, instilled both, especially coming from a Catholic household that I'm sure was very different than how you like change your household up now? Yeah, well, I have a I have a 26 year old daughter, and then I have a four year old boy. So there's I'm watching the difference in my four year old boy and my daughter. So my daughter, we had to work through money wounds together. She took the course. I started getting her invested in the market. I bought her like Tesla for her a Tesla stock for her graduation and I'm just like this is where it's at like we have to focus here and we I can walk her through her money wounds because they're my wounds they're wounds that I gave to her Mm. so uh, I love to be able to almost heal or mend the damage I created unconsciously with money um, so we get to walk through that journey together I mean we're so close in age 14 years that um, it's it's like this crazy mix between mother daughter and sister Mm. Um, so we've been working through this journey together. We're partners in this. And my, my son is very like, he gets it. If he, we watched a a movie and he saw a, uh, someone come into a, like a diner and hold the, like, uh, try to rob the diner. And Benny, my son's name is Benicio. Benicio paused the movie and he said, I feel so sad for that man. And I was like, you feel sad for the robber? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, a little empath. My God, is he cancer? (laughs) He was like, yes, I feel sad for him. And I was like, why? And he's like, because he doesn't know about the stock market. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) No, little Benicio. I love him. I do love him. What a me! What an me! Well, that must feel really good as a parent, honestly. Like, I that cried. Must be- oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yes. I cried. Yeah, I cried. That- yeah, he he really he grasped it. He's like he just needs to know how money works. He just needs to. And this man just needs to understand. That's why he's robbing. It's not because he's a bad person. It's just because he needs money. Right. And I was like, you, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Oh my God, that's so beautiful. I love that. I really do. Yeah, do. you know, to to take the the question even further, my my daughter's actually a Montessori teacher. She's certified. She's third generation from Maria Montessori, who created this beautiful way of teaching children that was supposed to be for children that have uh, that don't have access to 
to great schooling and now happens to be only for rich people. Well, my daughter really is fighting to make Montessori accessible. And one of the things she created for the mothers that join Wealth Rules Everything Around Me is a stock market book for children two and up because she understands how the mind of a child works. And for some people, it's like, wait, to start learning about the stock market at two, that's that's dumb, but people really don't understand how glorious children's minds are. And so we created this book to normalize conversations and normalize the topic of money. Um, and it's, you know, with our children, I feel like it's such a healing experience, even to practice the book as an adult, because you can almost use the coloring pages, use the workbook pages to heal inner child, to do inner child's work. So to go back and heal yourself as a child with your relationship with money. That's so amazing. I need, I need that book ASAP. ASAP. Like, well, now. I, I need it, it for myself. I'm going to read it first. Right. <laughs> Seriously. Go tap into my inner child that, you know, I don't know. Like, yeah, didn't, I guess, thinking back on, like, my relationship with money, like, with my, like, my mom, like, I definitely, like, I was, I think I lived in a land of, like, okay, everything's cool, and then suddenly it wasn't cool, and, like, I remember feeling, like, scared. Yeah, yeah. Scared, and, like, can, can I ask for that? Is that okay? Are we okay? Are we gonna be okay? And, like, that could be so, it was traumatizing for me. I remember that, that exact shift. I actually even remember the exact conversation that made me feel that way. Right. And it's something I don't really, I haven't really thought about much until this month when I started thinking about, like, why do I get anxiety around money? And now my mom is super successful and, like, she is, like, very much doesn't live from a place of scarcity at all. But I've been left over with this trauma. And she is always making fun of me and saying that I'm cheap. Like, you're so cheap, Erica. Like, because I, I, like, I, I, I'm not cheap, but, like, I don't, but I am. I am cheap in some ways. Like, there's certain things, like, I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like, I'll spend money on a trip, but I'm not going to spend a lot of money on clothes. I'm not going to spend a lot of money on, like, just other shit, you know? But, but shit that I know that I want. Like, I'm like, I really do want that. I really actually right. don't. I want that dress, and I want to buy it and not have to be stressed about, about it, it because I just wanted it, and I liked it. And obviously money isn't all about, like, mo- like buying things, but I was, I've just been more thinking about, yeah, the, when that shifted for me. And I'm just excited to heal that part of me. Like, I've been working on healing a lot of parts and, like, been doing that. I'm seeing the progression, and, like, this is, like, a new space. And, like... Having these conversations and hearing about your experience, healing your daughter, healing yourself is just so, it's just so inspiring. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Let's make some money. You're right. Let's do it. Money everywhere. (laughs) And like breaking, go ahead. Sorry. I was just saying breaking generational cycles and trauma. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To add to that, something that keeps coming up for me is the story of your daughter and her understanding of money and how there is a level of transference there. But for me, I feel like our children that have been born now, the the younger children in this generation, not so much um, my daughter's age, but they're so much more, um, I feel like, conscious and understanding. And it could be that your daughter's pushing up against any residual trauma that you have. That's the vision I keep getting is that your daughter's pushing up against your inner child the trauma that you carried at her age Mm. um so i definitely explore that i'm going to i'm definitely going to i I felt like wow this is such a responsibility 
responsibility. Like she's asking me this question. And, you know, as a parent, that those feelings come up a lot. Like those moments where you're like, damn, this is the difference right here that I can make, make, make right, for her. Forever, forever. And how she views something that maybe was a trauma for me. You know, like, okay, no, we're like from from talking about our bodies in like a real way to talking about money in a real way. You know, and understanding money. I feel like money almost has that, like, taboo feeling of, like, even sexuality in some way. Like, oh, let's just not talk about it so much. Right, right. Like, we'll get there when you get old enough. Right. Like, you're not old enough to learn about the stock market. You're not old enough to, like, talk about sex and call your vagina a vagina. You know what I mean? Like, it somehow they're married in a weird way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just not something we talk about. It's not something we talk about. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually excited that I have, I mean, I'm excited that my daughter is only five and that I can... I can start, and I, I mean, she probably already, she clearly has some sort of views already on, like, you can afford that? Or, like, but also these, like, totally grandiose off views of, like, yeah, it was $123 to rent a house in Colorado for five days? Yeah, babe, it was $125. (laughs) So, yeah, it's just cool. But that book, what's the name of the book that your daughter created? It's, It's called My Stock Market Workbook. And it's up on her website, uh, Grow With Color, where she creates other uh, Montessori books for children of color specifically so that they can have access to Montessori teachings. Amazing. That's amazing. What an amazing daughter you have. I know. <laughs> I know. I feel so blessed. I'm like, I'm so, I'm so lucky that you chose me as your mom. Why? I don't know, but I feel blessed <laughs> for sure. Perfect. The perfect duo over there just... I love that you've taken, like, p- people separate that. Like, you're, you're, when you learn and you educate yourself about finances, people rarely think to pass that on to your children early, like you said. And I think, like, that's what we, this is exactly what we need, especially in our community. So I think it's so amazing. I'm so happy that you came on and shared with us. Yeah, can you, you can you um, let our audience like know they, they need access to you? Tell them how they can find you, tell them your website, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, so my Instagram is Luz Warrior. It's L-U-Z, light in Spanish. And the uh, that's my in- personal Instagram. And then our uh, Instagram for investing is at, Lu- I'm sorry, at in Luz We Trust. Um, so you can follow us there. We're constantly putting updates on stock news as well as money affirmations and just kind of putting all the seeds to change our perspective on the way we look at money. And then um, on my website, inlosewetrust.com, where you can find more information on the stock market course. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on. <clears throat> you guys know where to find us. Uh, Good Moms, Bad Choices everywhere. On Instagram, Good Moms underscore Bad Choices. And make sure to follow our Patreon um, maybe we'll feature an affirmation, a money affirmation on Patreon just for our patrons. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> maybe you can let us, because I like that affirmation earlier today. Maybe you can gift us with another one. We'd love that. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I just want you to know we're your best friends now, so. Yeah, well, you're, yeah <laughs> we're going to be like, <clears throat> we're going to be texting hello, you. Hi, um, it's us. <clears throat> so the stock says this. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I. I I love that. I received that. I need way more best friends that are 
manifestors and are ready to become money manifestors because the way you two work i don't know if you're familiar with this but there's um you know uh, napoleon hill talks about masterminds and we know about masterminds but i don't know i just wanted to share this because i thought it was important to highlight that when you consciously come together with another human being you uh, napoleon hill believed that you were actually creating a a third entity and that when that third entity uh comes together when the two of you come together and so that entity becomes like its own entity and has direct access to higher conscious and is like orchestrating all of the divine things that you all are calling into your life. So I want to tell you that your relationship together is extremely special, um, you know, in marriage, in this business. And that ability that you have to manifest together and set your intentions is not common. And this is definitely a relationship that needs to be treasured from now on until the end of time when you guys come back in transformation as something else or another human or whatever that may be but that power that you have is very is very special i want you to know that so congratulations in finding each other again in this lifetime <laughs> i'm gonna cry <laughs> <laughs> oh my god thank you thank so you. much wow wow jeez <laughs> thank, thank you thank you Thank you. Um, I, I I know that I know that to be true. You know, I just never heard it put that way. Put that so beautifully. It actually it just opened up something for me that like wow, like how I can even be more powerful and like and intentional in the ways that I let that en- entity grow and take on mm-hmm. what I put out there. So thank you. For- even when you were like speaking the words, I feel like like I just went zoned in and I felt that in my chest. I felt like I felt that entity. <laughs> like I saw it. Yes. Oh my God. Even as you spoke the words, it's like, you know, you know, but to hear it and to understand it in that way is so, so on point. Thank you. Thank, thank you for delivering happy. that message. I'm so happy that we met you. <laughs> wow. Wow. Thank you okay, well, for having me. Um, oh my god, I feel so weird to end this here. <laughs> oh my goodness, I have all these emotions. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> I'm gonna hug you. Oh, thank you. All right, uh, thank well, you. Um, on that note, you guys, <sighs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> Talking more money and um, more manifesting. Yes. Uh, We love you, Linda. Thank you so much. I love you, too. (laughs) Bye. As you all know, as mothers, it opens up this power within. And it taught me more consciously of my abilities in every cycle that I enter, enter as a woman and how I'm a different woman every week, like weekly, I change depending on where my body is cycling and tapping into those powers each week, much more consciously has really helped me own the power. Like I always, like when you said, we know that we know, but understanding it and seeing it and feeling it and owning it is completely different than just knowing it.